Today's passage is from 1 John chapter 1, starting from verse 1. The incarnation of the word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked up at our hands of touch, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. that reading. Oh, good morning, everyone. Um, I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to, to come and, and to share God's Word with you this morning. It's, it's, it really is a, a great privilege, and um, it's, yeah, I feel really welcomed by you all this morning. And just as I was up here, like, I've, I've been on that stage before. I've had a guitar in front of me. I know, I know how to, to play those chords. I'm very comfortable in that spot. But um, d- doing this, being up here in this spot, in front of you all, with God's Word in my hand, I'm feeling a lot of strong emotions. And, and the one, one of those is fear. Um, fear is an absolutely uh, overpowering emotion. Um, I'm feeling it right now as I was just thinking about it as I came up. Um, you may have a fear of public speaking. You may have a fear of what you'll say. What people, what will people think of me? But here's a, here's a fear that I think maybe some of you can can identify with. When I was a little kid, um, and, and my job was to go and put the put the rubbish out of the bins. Sometimes it would be dark outside, and uh, I wasn't too comfortable with that. I, I had a fear of the dark. I didn't like having the door closed and the light off in my room. I needed to have it open. I needed the hallway light on. Has anyone else had, had a fear of, 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 of the dark? A couple of people? A couple of people have been. I think it's a very common fear. It's, 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 it's extremely common. Um, and, and why is that? Why do we have a fear of the dark? Well, it's the unknown, isn't it? It's the unknown. We don't know what's out there. We don't know if we, as we go to the bin, we're going to trip over something like a a rogue cat, or maybe a monster's going to jump out from behind the bush. We we don't know. There's a fear there of the unknown. And I think that's 
that, that fear of the unknown is because we, we have, a, have a sense that maybe evil is, is lurking in the darkness. And I think that's a very common theme. I think light and darkness, good and evil, it's a, it's a very common theme. Um, and, and I feel much more comfortable in a well-lit room today. I feel like I'm safe and I'm in a good place. Well, this letter this morning uh, that we're looking at, uh, 1 John, it looks at the issues of, of, of light and darkness. It uses those themes, themes that are very strong throughout the Bible. And, and it's a really amazing letter, really. So who wrote this letter? Well, his name's in the front, John. John was an apostle of Jesus Christ. He was one of the 12 disciples. In fact, he was one of Jesus' very closest disciples. He walked with Jesus everywhere. He talked with Jesus. He was absolutely, intimately involved in the work of Jesus for years. And he's writing as probably one of the oldest surviving disciples and apostles of, of, of Jesus as a senior, mature leader. And he's writing to his churches in, in a part of the world called Asia Minor, which is today uh, the country of Turkey. He knew, better, he knew Jesus better than most people. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. Um, and this letter that we have comes from a, a place of, of warm-hearted love, care, and concern for his people. He really wants his people to have what he has. Um, he's passing on what he has seen and heard. He's an eyewitness of Jesus. And his testimony is... That Jesus Christ is, is none other than God in the flesh. This apostle, John, he also wrote the Gospel of John. Some of you may know how that starts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little bit later on it says, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. John knows, even though he spent all that time with Jesus, he knows that Jesus is the only God. He's seen what God is like. He's in Jesus seen the glory of God. And as, as we look through that very, very beginning of, of, um, of that chapter, you see some of those themes come up that, that he has in his gospel. The themes of light and darkness. The themes of life, eternal life, believing So, where am I? This is why I have fear. <laughs> oh, yeah. I flicked too far. <laughs> so, you can imagine me there as a kid wishing I had someone with me to hold my hand, to walk me down to the bin, to help me overcome that fear, to, to walk with me so I felt secure. And that's sort of what John's doing. As he's, he's inviting people to come and walk with him. Come and experience the fellowship that I had and have with Jesus. It's a fellowship that you can have as well. He's actually inviting them along to walk in close relationship with Jesus. And as he begins his message, uh, as he begins to teach, what, what is the message he is going to pass on? 
that will make his joy complete. What is going to make John's joy so complete? Well, first of all, he wants us to know who God is and how we can have fellowship, that is, to, to walk with God. Let's have another look at verse 5 to 7. If you have your Bibles open, I apologise, I'm reading from the ESV if this is confusing for anybody. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, instead of starting off with instructions, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to I want to make sure that you, you read your Bible every day. I want to make sure that you, you're, you're giving a certain amount. No, the first thing he starts off with is God. Jesus, uh, John begins with God. God is light and in him there is light. No darkness at all. John has been walking with God for years. He saw Jesus with his own eyes. He touched him with his own hands, it says. And he learned from Jesus what he is proclaiming to us, to his readers. God is light. Not that God is the, the, the visual you know, spectrum of the electromagnetic you know, spectrum that we can see. He's not, he's not the light switch. He's not the sun. If the lights go out and all of a sudden here because the power cuts out, we're not going to be going, oh no, where did God go? No. God is light, carries a meaning beyond the actual physical thing. It's a metaphor. It's a sign pointing to who God is. Light is a concept we can get our heads around. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's in contrast to darkness. We have this idea of light and darkness um, commonly associated with, with good and evil. So why is God light? Well, that's obvious because God is he's good. In fact, he's, he's the most good. And it's a simple enough image. It's one we're familiar with. It's a concept that pervades our, our thinking about more morality and truth and purity and goodness. The good guys are signified by light. The bad guys are signified by darkness and the shadows. You'll see this everywhere in culture. Just, just take Star Wars, for instance. I'm sure there's heaps of people here are Star Wars fans. Um, and in that, in that series of movies, you see a struggle between light and darkness. Um, the light side of the Force and the, the dark side of the Force. The Jedi and the Sith. It's a battle of good and evil. And as you follow the story of Anakin Skywalker and then Luke Skywalker, and then the last trilogy you have Ben Solo and Rey, you see a conflict within them. Um, will they be won over to the dark side? Will they return to the light side? How will the hero be balanced with the force? This idea of having a balance between light and darkness. Well, not with God. John is not satisfied just to say God is light and move on to the next thing. But in addition, he makes a statement, God is light. He qualifies it even further using 
like a super strong double negative in, in the, the Greek language um, to say there is no darkness in, in him at all. God is morally perfect. He is totally unique. He's unchanged and uncontaminated by anything else. And you'll actually see that uh, this is one of the most frequently mentioned attributes of God in the Bible. Maybe not spoken of as light, but holiness. God is holy. There is none like him. Holiness, uh, the holiness of God reflects both God's moral purity and his absolute moral distance from a fallen world. God is the ground of all morality. God is the absolute good and pure and righteousness that, that is his very nature. See, there is no conflict within God. There's no balance of good and evil, light or darkness, but rather purity of light. Light itself finds its reference point in Him. He spoke it into existence. He is the source of light and it is defined by God. So what does that mean for you and me? If God is light, what, what, how does that affect us? Well, here's the thing. God is light, but I'm not. And I doubt you guys are either. You and me, we're not morally pure. We don't have a radiance of purity and, um, and, and holiness in ourselves. You've sinned against God. I've broken His laws. And we definitely have this element of darkness within us. And if you look at verse 6, it says, um, And if we say we have fellowship with Him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. If you're latching onto this thing called Christianity, claiming to be a Christian, claiming to have fellowship with the God of light while still walking around in sin, you're a fraud. You're a liar. You do not have fellowship with God. And we need to see God, we need to say that God is a holy God of light because. If we don't, we're not actually going to take our sin seriously. We're not actually going to be that fussed over when we fail or fall because, you know, God will let it slide. The whole claim to our faith would be an empty lie if we just claim to have fellowship with God but don't walk in the light. So what's the alternative? Um, we can't have, we can't live a, a sinless life of perfection because in verse 8 it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. I mean, how damaged does your conscience need to be to think that you are perfect? And verse 10 carries on. If we say we have not sinned, we make him, God, a liar. And his word is not in us. God recognises that you can't live a life of sinless perfection. And to claim that you can, um, well then we still don't have fellowship with God because we're lying. Which takes us to the next point. If God is light, then to have fellowship with Him, 
we must also walk in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? Let's look at verse 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, walking in the light does not mean sinlessness because the blood of Jesus is cleansing sin for those who are walking in the light. And in verse 10, it includes, um, John includes himself and says, um, if we confess our sins, John is the one uh, saying that he does have fellowship with God and that he wants us to come and walk with that fellowship with him. And he's saying he also has, that he needs to confess. So walking in the light cannot mean moral perfection and absolute sinlessness. Rather, walking the light means walking where our sin will be exposed and dealt with. Walking in the light, or the Christian life, as the reformer Martin Luther put it, is, is one of repentance. The light of God, um, as, as, Josiah, um, as Josiah prayed, um, the light of God exposes our sin. It exposes the darkness in us. And if we confess that sin and darkness and we turn away from it and walk um, in the light and continue to walk with Jesus, um, I think I just misspoke. The light of God exposes, us, uh, exposes sin and darkness in us. We confess that sin and darkness and we turn away from it and walk in the light. Uh, and you continue that on. You continue that process of, of repentance. As, as you walk in the light, your sin is exposed. You confess it and there's repentance. You keep on walking. And as you grow more and more in Christ's likeness, in His light, you actually start to see more and more of what is wrong in your heart and in your life. And it's exposed. Does that mean you disqualified? No, because you're going to confess it, bring it to the cross, so that you can have forgiveness. But merely exp exposing and confessing our sin is not enough. We, we actually need it, it, it gone completely. Sin must be completely eradicated from us. Because God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Sin will stop fellowship with God. We cannot have fellowship with God if sin remains. But th this is the good news of the gospel. We, we don't pay that penalty for sin. Somebody else does. Jesus Himself. In verse 9 it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Not only to forgive our sins, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every dark word, every dark thought, every dark deed, cleansed. It's not just swept under the rug and said, oh no, don't worry about it. It's actually cleansed from us. To me, a brand new person who can walk in the light. So, if God is light, walk in the light. The invitation is there. Come and walk in the light. 
If it's that easy. Why are so many people reluctant to come into the light? Why do we have countless Christians stuck in cycles of addiction, slaves to social media, struggling with pornography, or or, or struggling with pride and arrogance, or maybe they're abusive to their families, prone to losing their temper, not having an issue with getting drunk at all, or lying, or cheating on your tax? See, these things belong in the realm of darkness. These things aren't allowed to continue in the life of someone who claims to be a believer. These things are not compatible with walking in the light. And that's, and if that's you, that, that's a warning. You and I need to read that warning. Verse 6 says, if we say we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. It's easy to get stuck walking in darkness. Because really, um, I don't think it's the darkness that we're really scared of. Maybe we're, what we're really scared of is, is being exposed. Have you ever seen those house flipping shows? Like a fixer-upper or... Those sort of shows where, where they, they buy this old, run-down, dilapidated building and they go in and they, they, they renovate the thing completely and it's just amazing. It's a, it's a grand palace by the end of it. Um, maybe you've done that yourself. Maybe you're a renovator yourself. Um, and they... I, I love the first sort of scene when you first see this absolutely disgusting, run-down place. It's, it's always... The gardens are overgrown. The windows are all boarded up. Uh, the power's been disconnected. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It's falling apart. And you have those first scenes when they walk in and inspect the property and go, what have we gotten ourselves into? So the new owners, they, they venture in to see what they wasted their money on. So they enter this creepy old house through a creaky door and they make their way into this dingy, dark hallway. The floors feel like they have a thick layer of dust on them. And the further they go, the darker it gets. The windows are all boarded up. And they keep going until they arrive at a set of double doors. Just imagine this. They have no idea what could be in this room. There would be no way for them to see what was there anyway, because it was so dark. But one of the pair pulls out this powerful flashlight. Uh, They're ready. Uh, They're going to enter that room. They're going to see what's really there. The locks clunk open, the hinges creak, the doors swing open with a sigh, and the torch turns on with a click. What do they see? Light floods that room. They can see everything. And what happens when light floods that room? The cockroaches scatter. The mice are like scampering to try to get out of the way, get back in the hole in the wall. There's a, there's a cat that jumps because it's been scared and it runs past, knocks the bin over. and It's disgusting. It's filthy. There's, it's just gross. There's bugs running everywhere. You can see the filth on the walls. You can see a burnt out 
bit of carpet where someone lit a fire in the middle of the floor for some reason. Everything is on show. See, light exposes the things that live in the darkness. And I actually think, um, I think we're actually probably more scared of the light than we are of the dark. See, John writes in, in, the gospel, in his gospel in, in uh, John 3, a couple of verses after he says, um, God so loved the world that he sent his only got son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. A couple of verses later he says, and this is the judgment. That light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? Lest his works be exposed. What is going to be exposed in your life, in your family, in your heart, in your mind, on your computer, on your phone, when the light of God's word <coughs> shines into it. What cockroaches are going to scurry out? What stains are going to cover those walls? What's he going to see? Maybe it seems uh, more comfortable if we just leave that door closed. You know, we can, re- we can renovate the rest of the house. We don't want to go into that particular because that is filthy. We'll put the bolts on that one, no one's ever to enter that room again. We just sort of manage it. We ignore it. We pretend it doesn't exist. Um, But that's not a great position to be in. Because here's the thing. One day, that's all going to be exposed. Jesus himself said, for nothing hidden, uh, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, won't be made visible, nor is anything secret that will not be known, uh, nor is anything secret that will not be known. I'm marking up this reading. Ah, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. And then it's too late. John, as a loving pastor, is writing to his church. He calls them my little children. He calls them my beloved. You can feel the warmth and tenderness. He does not want his people to have that experience. Can you hear the loving call of God through the warm words of John? God is light. Stop walking in darkness. Walk into the light. Let the word of God expose your heart and your life. You know what? The cockroaches, they won't like it. But you know what? They can't live there anymore if you belong to Jesus. If you're a Christian, you're not an abandoned house. You're a palace made for a king. Every bit of darkness needs to be evicted Not because you want to attract a buyer. No. But because you already have been bought. Jesus himself picked you out. He paid the price for you. 
He bought you with his own blood. So step out. Step out into that light. Let the light of God flood through the doors, through the windows of your life. Just says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Confess your sin. Bring the lust into the light and confess it. Bring the anger into the light and confess it. Bring out your pride and your arrogance into the light and confess it. Bring your selfishness into the light continually and confess it. Don't live lives of greed anymore. Evict laziness and confess it. This is a beautiful thing. You actually don't have to do this alone. The fellowship that John is inviting his readers into is the same fellowship that he's inviting us into. It's the fellowship that we have with all believers and with God. You don't have to do this on your own. He's actually given you a church family. If you look at this room, it's full of people who are part of a community. He's given you a church family and a church family that, that, like John, love you with warm affection. And we're all in the same place. None of us are a perfected renovation. None of us are fully renovated yet. We're all a renovation project of the King. So confess to each other. Maybe this morning, um, this is you. You're sick and tired of living in darkness and shadows. You're sick and tired of just playing church. You're sick and tired of having sin and darkness just entangle your life and stifle your growth and cut you off from people. Maybe it's breaking apart your family. God is calling you to come out into the light. And that is the invitation this morning. Come into the light. Walk with us. Walk together with Jesus. If Jesus is faithful and just, or Jesus is faithful and just, he will cleanse us from our sin and darkness. Open the doors, the windows. Let the light of God in and throw yourself on the one on the mercy of the one who is faithful and just to forgive our sins, but also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just a little stuff. All unrighteousness. Um, let's pray. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to him. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Father, thank you that you have not kept yourself a secret from us. That you actually have yourself come out and shown us who you are. That you are light. 
Lord, help us not to fear the light, but to see that walking into the light is the only place that we can be free. Where we can be rid of the things that tie us to darkness. Thank you, Lord, that you are gracious, that you are faithful, that you purify us from all sin in that light. That you purify us from all unrighteousness. We confess we're not without sin. We need your help. And we need each other. Thank you that you've given us walk together. I pray all this in the name of Jesus.